Hello and welcome to Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, episode 17. This is your host, Jonathan, joined by my host, Christian. Unfortunately, Chris could not be with us this evening. There was a tragedy at his work site, and unfortunately, he was called into work this evening. Our thoughts go out to those affected by that. But for those of us here in studio, we are blessed this evening to have with us First Class Petty Officer Rene Savareda and his family, Karina, Mario, Francisco. Guys, welcome to Shoulder to Shoulder Studios. Hey, guys. Hi. Hello. Hello, everyone. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for coming in. For those of you who were at the bank this past weekend, we had a very, very, very special and touching moment in the stands that we'll touch on a second here. But ultimately, the game ended in a nil-nil, somewhat forgettable draw. But we did see a game in which there were some takeaways from that. Uh, Most importantly, I think, in the stands and on the field. But on the pitch, my friend Christian, what would you see? First of all, missing Chris. So hopefully you, you, you can join us in the next episode. But in terms of the match, like you said, it was not necessarily forgettable. But I think the tactics that Chicago took on, similar to what Vancouver did, very defensive almost didn't have a striker and only allowed the flanks, the sides, for us to attack and not many crosses or long shots. I think they didn't really switch it up very much, even though there was two goal line saves and a couple offside goals, but no goals in the end. So even though the atmosphere was electric at the bank, I think that we couldn't figure out a way to get a goal early, and I think that kind of hindered us because it didn't open up the game later on in the match. So Yeah, the squad we had out there really struggled to try and find any penetration. Of course, when you're playing against double buses like that, I counted numerous times in which I looked down and I saw you know, a 6-4 or a 4-6, right. not even attempting to put anyone forward. You know, that was disappointing. I mean, I think for me personally as well, it was really awesome to just see Bastion Schweinsteiger out there as well, right. too. So it was hard for me to not geek out on that a little bit. Danke, Basti. Du bist ein Fußballgott. Yeah, man, he floated some passes from the back line out that were so pinpoint, beautiful, arcing shots. And you could just see, I know he's the shell of the player he once was, but... You know, just that perspective and seeing those balls go out was probably the highlight of the match. I mean, yeah. obviously there were a couple exciting shots that we had, what, 19-something shots. I mean, 83% pass completion, the lion's share, the possession. It just, you know, this is what teams are going to do against us if they don't think they can flat-out beat us is they're going to try and scrape the points. And it's going to be hard to watch some of these games. And, you know, I thought maybe a, a tactical solution coming in there. We kind of talked about this. You had some ideas yeah. along those lines. So what do you think we should do to break down a team that's double busting us like this? I think when there is an opportunity for some of the attacking midfield or positionally, they could take shots from afar. And I know Orta has that shot. And I've seen Wynn take it and Segura. So I don't think they did that enough to kind of coerce the defense to come and step up into those shots and maybe that's when you sneak in a, like a little back pass or a through ball but without you taking those shots they're more than comfortable sitting back right? speaking of taking shots our shot leader for the game mr jordan harvey we love you but i don't think we're going to win many games in which he's leading us in the shot taken category yeah what about you guys did you guys have any thoughts or ideas or were you just taking in the atmosphere at the bank like what would you guys think about the match um, I do think there were some missed opportunities. They could have taken more shots. They seem a bit nervous to 
take shots from a far range, but I think since Vela is such a good goal scorer from that midfield range, they can definitely pull off a few more goals from that range. Yeah, so you think they should shoot more? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. For me, I, it, was, uh, it was great being back, watching a the game there live. Yeah. And definitely, I was hoping for a goal. I was looking forward to that beer shower. Oh, that, yeah. I wanted a beer shower so bad. But overall, I enjoyed the game. Those two offside goals, it, they were like premature celebration. I was like hoping that the flag would stay down. Obviously, it came up and it was a little let down, but obviously, I, I wish we had a few more shots. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I feel like there was a lot of opportunity there for us to just throw some balls on net, see what happens. Yeah. I don't feel like we're really utilizing the cross to the header at all and I know that's hard because we don't have the tallest of squads but when it's not working trying to pass through you know maybe going with a different method but it almost seems like with the substitutions that came on we tried to double down on the idea that we could pass through it I mean I I agree I think the substitutions came a little too late for me at least I would have wanted Dio in earlier because he's more physical he can receive the ball when they throw it into him and then he can set up the runners coming in from the flanks or even dump it off to the midfield I think at that point when he came on we didn't generate as much as much as I wanted it was tough I think I think as the game grew Chicago's defense became more and more confident and we became more and more frustrated the only thing that was missing was a goal I mean we'll talk about the great event that happened before and how that all happened with the Saavedra family but I think that almost was the highlight of the night for me um, the game you know the atmosphere was great the the tactics were there the opportunities were there we just couldn't get the goal and couldn't couldn't leave as happy as we could have with a win that night it almost seemed like Bob was saying I believe in this system I believe in this process and I'm going to let it play out a little bit longer and it was generating some chances. We did get some chances. I mean, you know, almost 20 shots. We just didn't get that one to fall. And then it seemed like he was like, okay, well, all right, now I'm willing to, to you know, bring bring Win and Dio on and, and, and see how it goes, trying to go back to a more aggressive tactic there in the end. And, you know, look, it just it didn't fall for us. It wasn't our night. But, look, it's a long season. Yeah. We got a point. At the time of recording, Carson has lost. So, you know, at this point, from a supporter shield standpoint and early in the season, we're looking pretty good on the table. These uh, Houston, I think, is really the only one that's that's given us a run for the money as far as supporter shield goes. So, you know, points. Or, yeah. Well, point. But... You know, looking good on the table, looking good on the season. If we're going to get frustrated by a team, it's it's good that it happens early in the season, and hopefully there's there's something we can learn from it. Right, and we're frustrated at a, at a tie. It's not even a loss, you know, just because we feel that we're that much better. So, um, And that speaks to the quality of the team where, you know, we have a performance where there's nothing really to complain about, and yet all of us still walked out of that stadium feeling like points were left. You know, those are the kind of expectations you're going to have for a team that's performing at this level, but... Maybe we should we should tone that back a little yeah. bit. Main story of that night and tonight, we're recording this on Wednesday, May 8th. We were lucky enough to have the Saavedra family here to tell us about their story. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you made this happen, Renee? Like, I know that this was a surprise that you kind of had in mind and were able to to put into, into play for all. And share it with the entire 3252. Well, perhaps for some of our listeners yeah, who weren't at the bank real quick, we could preface this by saying that uh, for those of you who are not there and have been completely blind to the entirety of LAFC social media this week, <laughs> you might not be uh, aware of the uh, Severe family and their story. We'll get to the meat and potatoes of it, but uh, their family here uh, was surprised. 
uh, by Rene returning from deployment. He came out, the family, on pitch under the idea with a message being broadcast for them from Africa. Uh, and lo and behold, Rene turned out to be standing right behind them. And the reunion took place in front of all of us. We were completely unaware that this was going to be taking place as far as the fans. I know the family was completely unaware that this was happening. And, and how logistically that all came together is going to be a beautiful story to tell here in a second. But what an honor it is to have you back with us stateside, my friend. And just, you know, this experience for all of us in the stands absolutely blew me away. It was I think not a dry eye in the stadium that day and certainly not on the pitch as well too. So what an honor it is to have you here with us. Thank you for your service. Thank you family for doing all the things that it takes to support a soldier in the field. So tell us a little bit about how you came to love this, the beautiful game of football and we'll get into how this amazing moment happened at the bank. And thank you for driving from South LA to the Valley. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you guys for inviting me to do this. It's, it's great to be here. Well, I was born in Mexico, in Guadalajara, and obviously Guadalajara being a soccer a city. Of course, I think uh, soccer was in my blood since I was born, but obviously I root for the best team in Mexico, America. <laughs> no way! What? <laughs> yeah. He just blew me away right now. <laughs> I thought those girls were going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, wow. not at all. I'm an Americanista since I can remember. I remember there were some uh, games, matches, classicos back in the mid mid-early 80s, where the whole family was cheering for Chivas. And I was the only Americanista I remember that everybody would get angry at me when America would, would win. You're a contrarian. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, I mean, like I say, it's something that I felt. It wasn't, I, was, I wasn't doing it just to go against the flow. It was just in me. And even today, I see it with people. When I do meet that true fan of any team, if they actually feel it, it's in their blood, I can only respect it. Even like with Julio, Ray, they're the biggest Chivas fans that I know, but yet I respect that on them. Even they they follow the other so-called uh, victim of Mexico. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, I know with time, I did play as a child in Mexico. I, go, I migrated here to the United States. I joined the Navy. I played for the uh, the carrier where I was. And that's, that's the beauty. I mean, soccer, it's uh, or football, like we call it. It's a uh, universal language. We we speak it even better than like verbal uh, language. Yeah. Because everywhere I go, that's the way we uh, meet the locals. We, that's the way we yeah. get in touch with them. That's the way we win their uh, trust by playing with them. I have seen it even there in Africa. Once every two weeks, we go to the most uh, like poverty-stricken village. In, in Djibouti, it's called Chiveli. That's where most of the uh, refugees stay. And the whole purpose of us going there just to, for us to go there to play soccer with them so they can feel that they are not forgotten. We take them candy, water, because the kids over there, that's the one thing they ask us for, water. They don't ask for money. They don't ask for more. They, they want water. So we take water. We play soccer with them. And, I mean, it's, it's everything for them, for us to go there and play play a game with them so i know soccer it's the universal language of the world it's funny a couple episodes ago i said the same thing when i came back from morocco i literally went onto a field and said nothing just pointed i had my my clothes on to play and i don't speak arabic or french and you know they speak a little english and that's that's all we we kind of signaled and we started playing and we just pointed at where we want the ball where i was running that was it and we, we were friends and I agree with you. Like, this is the international language. It's incredible that you have that experience every time you're abroad. I mean, I've been in the Navy for a while now, and everywhere we went, that's the way we win uh, the locals' trust. 
And then uh, that's the beauty. As I mean, we get to play the, the national teams from the countries we visit. Most of the South Pacific countries, they have their uh, team, national teams. I mean, you can call it amateur amateur teams, but that's their national team, and that's who we play. Or whenever we go to like places, when we went to the Seattle Sea Fair, we got to play with the Seattle Sanders play. Because, uh, I mean, that's what... It opens a lot of doors for us. Wow. Yes, yes, uh, soccer. Even, not, not, not just because of the military, yes. Soccer, like, that's how we build bridges with other people from anywhere in the world. So soccer is something that, football is something that you were born with, has been something that you've used as a tool to sort of, on an international level, connect. How has it been a tool to connect with your family? Uh, we're here with your wife and kids. Uh, what role does football play in the house at home? I remember my life as a child wasn't that uh, that great, and I I saw freedom, I saw happiness when I played. When my oldest son Mario, while he was a small child, I started taking him to uh, to Carson. I know it sounds bad, but that's where uh, Chivas USA used to play. So that that's how I came to uh, meet the uh, the ultras back in the day when this guy he was a little kid, and then we did that for a while. Then I joined the navy, and I stopped, and then. I didn't go back for a while until I had my second child, uh, Francisco, and I was able to go back. And the same thing, I brought uh, my second child and reunited with the Ultras, and then uh, I never lost uh, touch with them. So it's been now, what, seven or eight years uh, run now that we've been active with the uh, the Ultras. And like I said, once you're there, it becomes a family. It, it's a family. It's not a group. It's a family. Oh, I could not could not agree with you more. Mario Francisco, do you guys have memories of any of those early football matches? What was that like? I remember with my dad getting early to the tailgate. Game could start like at 7.30. We'd be there at 12 in the morning, ready to set up <clears throat> with all of like, our family. Like The Ultras now are pretty much our family because we spend like one day of our week with them. Yeah, I mean, I, and certainly the... The connection you have with these people within a supporters group, whether it's our experiences within D9U, uh, Christian, you know, your experiences uh, within Los um, or whether it's any of the fans out there that are a member of a supporters group, I think you know what it feels like to, to have that family there in your corner. So you move to the United States, you follow Chivas USA, you fall in with uh, the Ultras. And, and so how does that story connect to LAFC and what was it like to be a part of the origin story of this club? Like I said, I love football. And while we didn't have a team here, well, we didn't have a team, by that I mean there was no way in the world that I was going to go cheer for uh, the Galaxy. The white team. <laughs> yeah, the other team. <laughs> yeah. So it came to the point that we, just by chance, we met the parents or the goalkeeper from from Houston Dynamo. Oh, okay. And, and we we would just go to the the games. What are the Houston Dynamo with games? With Houston Dynamo just to cheer against Carson. Wow. And then uh, we knew we uh, we needed uh, a team. And then when the LAFC came to mind, and they started like saying that they wanted the Ultras to to be part of it. We didn't even hesitate. We were there when we had that big event when they announced the game against uh, Norman, the the team from uh, Germany. Borussia Dortmund. Oh, Borussia Dortmund. Dorm, yeah, Dortmund. And we were there for that event, and from then on, uh, we were like active, active right. members again with the DNIU, uh, and we came the thirty-two, fifty-two. Let me ask you this: How did you feel last year when Houston kept that team out of the playoffs? That was the last game of the season, and all they had to do was win. See, but that's I. I take uh, things. I'm very passionate. Okay. I get angry. I every single emotion, but then again, when whatever happens on the field, 
I take it. I mean, I, I accept it sometimes it's not what I want, but I take it and like, hey, it's part of the game. Losing, winning. Yeah. The, the good, the bad, you have to like. So you weren't stay. a little happy when Houston knocked out the Galaxy last year? Uh, it was it was it was great. I mean, it was I was I was <laughs> celebrating. Yeah. Because I mean, because technically that was my adaptive team for a while when yeah. I didn't have a team. I was like, yeah, Houston. Yeah. yeah. Of course. And it did us a favor of having bragging rights for a year. So, <laughs> we met last year through the D9 UTL gates, and and you and your family were some of the people that helped welcome me into the Otras. And obviously, you and your family were there uh, as a support mechanism for me early in the season when when things were going south for me. And then we had a very beautiful moment for you last season when you were set to deploy out. You were actually the very first fan to get their own personalized TIFO held up in the stand for your going away party. So let's talk about the sad part you leaving to go to deployment and what that game was like for you the, when it comes to deployment it's it's hard that there's a this is a different kind of sadness it almost becomes physical pain to a point like literally it, it hits you but then again uh this time it was a little bit different because uh, francisco the youngest one he was a little bit older he would understand better and then i saw the support he was getting from uh, the ultras that day my, my last game they actually allow him for the first time to play with the drummers because he, he, I bought him a drum, he was practicing, but they had never allowed him to play until that day when they uh, they found out I was leaving. They told him that for as a, as a going away present for me, that they were gonna, they were going to let him play with the drummers. And what was that experience like? Yeah. Speak to joining the drum corps there under Lord Commander. Yeah, you got to hang out with Lord. He's yeah. a cool guy. I started off with the snare and... Just during the tailgate, we would show up early so that he can teach me, like, the basic rhythm so I can start practicing at home. And soon that developed, like, just me listening to videos of teams from Europe and Argentina and just practicing the rhythms at home so I can get better. And now in this season, I'm officially part of the drumline playing the murga and the repique. So. Oh, congratulations. That's, That's awesome. Pretty awesome. What's, what's the hardest one to drum for of all the chants? Um, I'd say LAFC we will adore because the tempo changes. We go a bit fast when we do LAFC. But then when we start the sha-la-la, we go slower, so it's a bit hard. And they kind of play around with the tempo of that piece sometimes as well, too, and you kind of have to respond to the whims of the occasionally not-so-sober capo that's trying to get you to speed yes. up and slow down <laughs> as well, too. Um, that's That's got to be a bit of a challenge as well, too. But you guys do amazing work. The drum corps is truly the heart of the 3252, and, and the effort and the sweat and the grind and the blisters and everything that you all put in is... You know, is not lost on the rest of us out there that need that to keep us going. And it's a beautiful thing that you're a part of it. And, you know, I mean, it just goes to show you out there in, in LAFC fandom, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been drumming. If you have the passion, mm -hmm. there's an avenue in for you if you want to join the 3252 in some way. So thank you for your service to to the drumline. You know, Karina, I'm sort of curious um, from your standpoint what it's like that game where... You're there with your family and that you know your husband's going to be shipping out and what burden that's like yeah. to bear. What's going through your mind? The game where like? he... Yeah, last year. Yeah. He was... Um, well, it's, 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 of course, it's sad. It's, uh, and it's, in a way, it's happiness that they accepted him there into the, 
into the team and everything. And um, it's a lot of emotions. Yeah, it's, hard. It's, hard. It's, yeah. it's just a lot of emotions in one moment because you know that he's leaving, and so now you're gonna take that role, you know, the father role, mother role, everything role. So it's a little bit difficult and. But we, we did it, and we're going to keep doing it when he leaves again. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, and here we are, um, you know, praising everyone else here for their service, and yet you're the one who probably has to burden some of the hardest work in all of this. So, you know, let it let it not be lost, the uh, the military wives and what they do out there. Um, and, just, and, and, and just, you know, anyone uh, who is affiliated with someone deployed, male, female, yeah. that's, that's a challenge. Would you say that the team is something that kind of holds you and your sons together while... Uh, Renee's uh, away, um, you know, keeping that community, that sense of community, going to the matches. Is that something that helps? And then you can talk to him about it. I'm sure you get to try to watch or listen to things mm-hmm. while you're over there. I know the, the hours are way different. Talk about what role the team does play into, you know, kind of this glue that has a common thing amongst the family. First of all, like, I wasn't really, uh, I'm sorry, but I wasn't a soccer fan. Sure. Um, you know, and I, he started... Um, he brought me to the games and stuff, and once he left, of course, I had to start bringing my son because he was in the drumline and everything. And I just saw the acceptance from all the team and uh, D9U and everybody that accepted us and me and my son and them teaching him the drums because he really didn't play any any instrument. And so they taught him there. They had the patience, commander his son Rick everyone had the patience to teach him and accept us and take us in and of course it uh, gives us that um, moment to just go and de-stress there with everybody and you know just for um, a moment in excuse me not to think you know um, where he is or what he's doing so um, it's it's very nice for them to uh, take us in and accept us beautiful gives you kind of a little bit of a two-hour escape right, at the very two-hour escape, yeah. um, you know, one, one weekend or whatever it is, or even at the watch parties when we go, too. So it, it's, uh, it helps. It helps a lot. Yeah. When it comes to the military, uh, most of the people always praise the actual military member. But at least when I have a chance, I tell people, like, it's actually the military family that bears most of the, the hardship that they do, they do. Because for us, yeah, we live, we do what we need to do. But back at home, is that the family, they, they need to go on their own. Not only do they have to do whatever they do, but they have to pick up the slack of the service member deploy. And at least on that aspect, I'm very, very hard, very fortunate, because I know that the, the, the strong wife that I have, that she's been able to uh, to carry on uh, when I have to leave. And then last year, uh, it was our first uh, season, obviously. And uh, my son Francisco and I, we will go to the games together. And this year, my wife had to even take the duties of uh, taking my son to the game. And then even now and then when I have, I have to wake up sometimes at 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning to see the games or sometimes go to sleep very late. Mm-hmm. And then when I do see the, the, the videos of them or uh, the watch parties that other people post, not just the ones my wife sends me, I see her on the side. She's already like singing and and like dancing and going through the uh, <laughs> through the uh, chants and, and the songs. So that like this is something new for her, but I can see it, it already grew on her. So that uh, that's I mean it gets me a little peace of mind while I'm over there at least she's she's in a she's in a good place with a good uh, good crowd. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing to see how supporter culture can unify and be that distraction 
uh, I can certainly speak to that as well too yeah, as to when things are going terrible in your life and I'm sure many many of our listeners out there can relate to this as well too uh, that one day a week we get to go and surrender ourselves to a power that is that is greater than us and, and feeling that and then being a part of that is something that is so cathartic so healing in so many ways um, it's really truly uh, an amazing thing that it, it that it has um, you know helped your family um, you know stay as tight as, as it clearly is as, yeah. as we can see here it's really an amazing thing and Mario how, how do you feel I know that uh, your brother plays in the 3252 like how how has the team impacted you? Well, for me, I, I'm sorry to say it too, but I've never been like the biggest soccer fan. I've, sure, I've always been into. I'm a guitar player. Okay. So for me, to see my brother picking up an instrument has has been a really cool thing to see. And like my dad said earlier, soccer being like a universal language to me, that's music. Yeah. And so to see my brother put the two of them together yeah. has been really cool. I'm I'm proud of him for taking up an, an instrument. That's something that you know. Yeah. It, it makes me happy to, to know that that he's deciding to put his time into something positive and something that I know he enjoys. I know how much him and my dad love they love going to the games, and I have nothing but respect for, for the Ultras, for the 3252, for LAFC and all that. And this was actually the first game that I went to. Oh, and wow. I, 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 I may have met like some of the members before, but that was my first time being there, and I felt completely accepted. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, I can definitely see myself going back because I, I had a great time. And uh, yeah. just like the respect that, that my family was shown and... To see how much everyone there like truly cares right. was it, it was mind blowing. It was really nice to see. It so was, it, it was I, I really touching. Geek out with you for a second. I, I used to be a guitar player in a thrash metal band. <laughs> okay. Many people don't know that about Gringo. But what's your axe? What do you play, dude? What's what's your gear? I play Jacksons. I have two Jacksons. I, I love Jackson. Those guitars are my favorite. I have a Marshall half stack. I play thrash metal too. That's that's always been my favorite genre of music. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh man, I'm exhausted right now because last week I worked in the morning, drove to Arizona that night, went and saw Slayer's farewell tour <laughs> with uh, I'm on our moth, Lamb of God, and Cannibal Corpse. Slept in my car for two hours and then drove back and worked the next day. So I feel you, bro. Oh, yeah. Love me some thrash metal. Slayer! <laughs> oh, it was great. It was great. But as a child, Mario, he was the, like the original ultra. Yeah, I yeah. took him to the games. Yeah. When he was a child, I'll take him to, uh, to see uh, Chivas USA. That's how we met the uh, the ultras first through him. One of the original cheeky ultras. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right here. Right. OG, yeah. OG cheeky. Yeah, yes. yeah, awesome. and, and I agree with you. I think yeah, a sport like soccer and music, you know, and I think the stadium does a good way of kind of bringing that and, and incorporate that the drum line, but also there's music throughout the game before and after oh, yeah. where yes. it kind of engages the fans because I think it tries to you know play the heartstrings of people, oh, yeah. and then everyone is connected because they're. You know, cheering for a common goal, a common team, and something that everyone believes in. Mm -hmm. um, and you can feel that, like, to what you were saying, you immediately felt accepted. I feel like that is something we generally get, especially on this podcast. Like, it's interesting to me that we don't really talk too much about it before. We talk to the guests about how they're going to feel and almost the same responses we get from almost everyone, which is great. Because it's something that I felt, I know that uh, Jonathan felt, and Chris, too. Thank you for sharing that. So here, football is something that has helped bind your family uh, since your children were very young, you're away and you choose LAFC and football to be a way to bring your family back together. So how did this come to be? Can you speak to, so you're in Djibouti, you're in Africa. Tell us a little bit what that life is like and how that life led you to organizing this reunion. Well, life in Africa, it's kind of interesting because we do see and we do a lot of things that you never think of. I mean, just the country where we are, we get to see 
the other side of the world, how people live, and you try to help as much as, much as you can, but then we're limited to the things we do. Even uh, there's a great group within the base we're called the uh, Friends of Africa. Basically, it's us, the same old military people who are there, but on our, the only day we have off, Sundays, instead of staying on base and uh, relaxing, we, we go to orphanages. We go teach the kids English. We go play soccer with them. And I mean, it, it, it was, it, it's, it's great. I mean, we try to stay occupied to make time fly. I was originally slated to be there only uh, nine months. But late December, I got uh, told that I was going to get extended to be there a full uh, 365 days. By being extended, I, I also uh, qualified to have two weeks of R&R, where I was granted uh, access that I could go anywhere in the world. But as soon as I knew I could take those two weeks off, I didn't even uh, like thought about it twice. I knew I had to uh, come back home, but I thought I was going to do it in a special way. As soon as uh, my orders came that it was an official extension, I was going to be there a whole year, the first thing I did uh, was uh, contact the uh, front office of LAFC, and I told them that I was going to be able to come home, that I wanted to surprise my family if I could uh, get their assistance to do it in a special way at the stadium. And then uh, it just rolled from there. I mean, we exchanged emails at least uh, every two other weeks because they were checking on me just to make sure everything was still going on. Did they offer help, assistance if I needed anything? Once I got my uh, public information officer over there involved, they were able to uh, to film the uh, video they show at the stadium. I sent it to them. They saw it. They reviewed it. They, they say it was okay. And then we took it from there. Yeah, I would love to hear that video if you could cue it up and play it for us because I have to be honest, within the 3252, it was really loud and we didn't exactly get a chance to hear your message and perhaps um, you guys who were caught up in the emotion of the moment, those of us who were caught up in, in the noise of the stadium and many of us didn't get a chance. So, so play that message you recorded in Djibouti for your family for us if you don't mind. Sure, there we go. deployed to Camp Lemonier in the home of Africa. I want to send a special shout out to the 3252, my fellow District 9 Ultras, especially my sons Francisco and Mario at the North End. Francisco, the youngest one, is one of the drummers bringing you the carnival today. Lastly, I want to wish my wife a happy birthday. Sorry I missed your birthday. I will make it up to you whenever I get home. I miss you guys. I love you guys. And now, Angelinos, it's time to jump for LA Football Club. Thank you. So here that message is playing on the screen in the background. What were you guys feeling like at the moment? Take us through your day up until this point, if you would. Well, our day, uh, actually it started maybe back two months ago when we received a call saying that we were going to be honored for military month. Um, they said that, you know, just to go and um, they were going to present us um say something, you know, about my husband and about the military life and how it's been. So that's the idea that we had. We were just going to go to the pregame show. Um, then, you know, my, not my brother, I guess my brother, no. Who? No, not my brother, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, they they just contacted me. They, were, they wouldn't tell me anything more. I wanted to know what else, what time we would need to be there, what we needed to wear, or what any details. They wouldn't tell me anything. So the day before, which was the Friday, they just told me, you know, the time to be there and that they were going to provide the extra ticket for my son. Okay, we were there. Um, 
and then my brother, my younger brother, he went to the game too, and you know he was just right there. But um, when we went down there to to see the pregame, we were just down there watching the players, um, and then they took us out to the middle of the fields. I didn't actually know, or we didn't know. I didn't know that they were going to play a video. Oh, yeah. They never told us anything about a video or anything like that. Um, so we were just standing there. We were. They just told us to look at the screen. Okay, we were, look, we were looking at the screen and we saw the video. So I was thinking, this is extremely nice. They that he, you know, recorded a video for us and that was nice. But we couldn't hear a thing because of all the chanting. So <laughs> I was bad. like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn around because I wanted to start singing too. So, you know, they told us, no, don't, you know, just look at the screen. But then I saw my my older son turn around, and that's when I guess he saw my husband on the screen, which I never in a million years thought that he was going to be there because we had talked about it, you know, that he was going to go to France or he was going to go to Dubai, Dubai or somewhere else. And then that's when we all turned around and we saw him, and it was just like, a, it was amazing I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, funny enough, earlier earlier in the day, me and me and my younger brother were talking, and and he just pulled me aside, and he's like, "What if Dad's gonna be there?" I was like, "I don't know, man. He's on, he's on the other side of the planet. I don't think he's gonna be here." And then um, after they showed the video, they um, they were filming our reaction, so they showed us, you know, on the screen, and then the cameraman moved. So I so on the screen, I saw my dad coming behind me, which is when I turned around to hug him. And I guess that's when my mom noticed. I guess it was like, you know, why'd he turn around? And then that's, you know, when when they saw my dad. And that's when we all, you know, hugged him and welcomed, and welcomed him back. Earlier in the day, I pulled my brother aside and I told him, what if all the security stuff and that you can't call us because <laughs> of the... Um, because the security measure is just fake and like he's in an airport right now or he's or he's coming home and he's gonna surprise us and then later at the game we're right there they're filming us he turns around i see my dad and <laughs> so you had an crazy. instinct you had a hunch like you yeah. had you kind of felt maybe his presence in the zip codes that you were staying <laughs> at <laughs> so i think all of us in the stadium got to see exactly what that felt like for you and that was an amazing experience but what does it feel like for you? Because you're kind of in this moment of, I love my family, but I'm tricking them. What is what is that sense? <laughs> yeah, that's because a funny way to ask I that. I would say that that's not something that anyone can relate to just watching a video. You know, turning around and seeing your loved one that you missed and, and the embrace and the tears and all the beautiful stuff that, you know, has gone around social media since then. Um, that's relatable. What none of us, I think, out here in the world can relate to is, is what it feels like to be the person on the other side of that reveal, Renee. Talk about it. Was, it was uh, it was tough. I, I felt anxious to come out already. I mean, Saturday morning, I woke up around 4 o'clock in the morning because I couldn't sleep anymore. And then the, the morning seemed to drag on forever. And then when I, they, they told me to be at the stadium, I was there on time. They took me up to where the, the, the press stays. The press box? The, yeah. the press box. It's a beautiful then, view. Up there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and then they, they, uh, they allowed me to go to the... Uh, the window just like take peeks i was looking that uh, looking after them over there, the 3252 and after a while i just told myself you know what you need to relax just wait there and then when they took me over to the uh to the the, the interview that they they showed in the video of me uh saying what i was doing what happened and then they followed me everywhere with with the camera and when they finally took me up to the uh to the top of the uh, north end i was there by the uh the, the, the supporters bar 
I was just waiting there for the time, and then they finally came, and I could almost like felt myself walking in slow motion. But I was I got, at the same time was kind of relieved to finally like be able to to hug him again, to talk to them, to see him. So it was it was it was amazing. It was hard, but it was amazing. But it was in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have this beautiful moment on the field. The entire stadium goes crazy. They're yeah. screaming for you. I've seen that stadium blow up. I've never seen that stadium blow up for a fan. Well, maybe outside of the proposal last year. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, but, but you know, um, what you mean, Cassie. But, I mean, aside from that, I've never seen that stadium go that crazy for a fan. What's it like to have the entire 3252 cheering for you? Well, like I said in the, uh, in the video, that's that's home for me, and that uh, fermented even the, that feeling even more. And then when it comes to, uh, I was asked, what does the thirty-two fifty-two means for you? And like, it's home. That's if you're part of the thirty fifty-two. You know it. It's it, you feel it. it. It's it's a feeling. You're home. You're you're there. You're part of it. There's there's no way to describe it. You, you it's something you you feel. It's it's so strong, but special at the same time. And then, even though it's called a 32, uh, 52, I'm sure we always have our arms open for new members. And you're always going to be welcoming to everybody as long as that they're there to have fun, to keep it clean, to enjoy the game, to show passion. The 32, uh, 52 is for you. So would they you, march you into uh, the stands. I was going to say, would you say that the, the fact that it was that loud, maybe that's how you felt internally? It's almost like the stadium was screaming as loud as you wanted to scream of your Probably. happiness <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah because i i mean that's i feel like if i was in that moment and i hadn't seen you know a family member for that long it's almost like i would want to scream out and the fact that they were screaming out for me and you're just kind of able to just hug in that moment um and embrace um with everyone else expressing their emotions um, it felt like a goal. It, it did. Like goal. <laughs> I mean, it was like that slow burn of like like the buildup of a goal. Those last three passes as people get a little louder was kind of the same as you coming out yeah. of the tunnel and everyone realizing it was you and, and there was that buildup. And then and then you guys turn around and there's the embrace and that place went nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you had to be there. Like, it's in, it's, it was incredible. And it continued even though I, even after the national anthem when I was by, by the drummers. And then after that, I went down to... Uh, to say hi to uh, my fellow District 9 Ultras. I mean, I was getting stopped, like literally every other step, people coming over there uh, to hug me. People didn't know. People mm -hmm. that knew me, people didn't know that they were hugging me all the way, like to welcome in, uh, welcoming me. But it, 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 was, it, was, it was very, very special for me. It was very nice. I mean, everybody... And, and like, in all that moment, uh, you stopped to say hello to Mandy, too. Exactly. Of course. Of course. Why, why wouldn't I? <laughs> no, because oh, I know. So many feels. I know, because I know, I mean... I know it's, it's been a, a long journey for you guys, and just uh, the fact that I could tell her that I was happy to see her there at the stadium. Yeah. So, no, and yeah. thank you. You guys have brought us this this kind gift uh, for Mandy as well, too. Um, so Mandy has a, a T-shirt now from, from Djibouti's Firefighting Squad from there, and I, I appreciate you bringing that for her as well, too. That's such a such a kind gesture. So Going back to something you said, that you know the most exciting thing was probably this this moment before the match. And since there was no goals and no win, you were the recipient of the man of the match scarf. I don't care if Vela comes out and scores 10 goals, you're still the man of the match. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and the family of the match as well, too. Yeah. But, 
But for those of us out there um, in, in the scarf collecting world, you uh, not only are the first fan to ever have a TIFO for LAFC, you are the first fan to have ever been awarded the Man of the Match scarf. How did that happen? When were you told that that was going to happen? How, how Explain the process of becoming the first ever fan awarded Man of the Match. Uh, well, they were uh, getting me ready at the beginning of the game. They told me once once the moment stops, uh, they took the mic away from me at, at, at the beginning of the ceremony at the beginning. And then they told me, we'll come and get you after the game. But they told me they were just going to take a picture with for me with my family. I said, okay, that's fine. Only when we got to get into the the field they told me you know what you need to go over there on the stand because you're gonna you're gonna get the man of the match uh, scarf at that time that's when it hit me even my wife noticed like why are you shaking i went up i went up there to, uh, to take the picture when i got down they did uh, line us up for the picture but i don't know if there there has to be beer somewhere my legs my leg this especially my, my uh, left leg I was shaking. I was like, really? Is this really happening? I was shaking. She even told me, like, are you okay? Your, your leg is shaking. I was like, yeah, I know. I know I'm shaking. That, that's how much it, it got to me. Wow. I was literally shaking. Even for a trained soldier, that's how much it got <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's impressive. That's really impressive. Um, I, I could not be more proud of that moment as a fan. Um, reminds me sort of of, uh, you know, like the first time we saw a Lady Capo. Yeah. You know, the first time right. we saw this reunion and, and you get Man of the Match. Yes. Beautiful. Classy just, moves, yeah. Just mm -hmm. beautiful. Uh, and I, I will forever be jealous of that Man of the Match. <laughs> I will never earn one. I will never deserve one. And, and you certainly did deserve it. And that's be on the lookout. I'm going to put it on eBay. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Now it's going to be framed next to the jersey they gave me. If the, the other they gave me the, one of the original uh, player jerseys. So uh, I'm going to take the jersey to the stadium, try to get as many uh, signatures, signatures for the players, and then frame it. And then on, over the frame, I'm going to put the, the scarf. So, yeah. Good. I mean, it's a yeah, family of the match, like <laughs> yeah. you said. Call the Smithsonian. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only place it should ever go. So what's the response been like since the game? Uh, have you heard um, from a lot of people? Um, you know, has there been a social media response? What's what's what has changed in your life since that moment, or have you seen any impact from LAFC? Of course, uh, there's been a change. I'm a celebrity now. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, for most of the part, I've been getting a lot of uh, like good comments from friends, people I don't know. So for the most part, like people are saying that it was it was a, a great moment. They're thanking me for uh, sharing it with them. And uh, take, take, thanking me for my service, but at the same time, I, I feel this is this is a family family thing. I, I I wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the support of my family. How about you, Mario and Francisco? I think social media, you guys probably use it more than well, your dad. Uh, you, what's kind of been like the response, friends, family? You're overall, the, you're the one who follows like all of the all, all the pages and stuff. So a lot of people in the Dina New community, they've just been tagging me and my dad like, "Congratulations! This is such a nice moment," and they've just been so like, like so happy for us. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I've shown the posts, like the pictures and the videos and stuff, to to a couple of my friends, and they've all had the same like the same reaction. Was like that. That's really cool. That that you know he he came back to surprise us because um. Obviously, I told all my friends and stuff that, that my dad was going away, and so when when they saw that he was back, like they, they've all been super happy and super super supportive. So th that's been really cool to see. It's just nice to see and to hear like from strangers, people that we don't know, just you know that they're happy for us as a family, for him to come back in that way. So that was uh, that was pretty special just to hear from anyone and everyone. 
that's, that's, just, a, that's thank, how I thank feel. Thank you. You know, I, I mean, I'm Jonathan, privileged enough to know you guys before any of this happened, before you were deployed. For me, the fact that I'm even getting a chance to spend <laughs> some time of your two weeks, you know, you're donating this time to tell your story and you drove all the way out to the studios. Like, mm-hmm. it, it says a lot about the family, one, and two, like, I you know I want to say thanks to all of you. Like it's it's you know you guys are a fabric not only of LAFC but of the country of the state. Um, and you guys put a lot of hard work, and I know it's not easy times um, when someone's away and when you have to pick up you know, different pieces of what needs to be done for a family to to survive in Los Angeles. It's not an easy place to live either. And the fact that we have this outlet in the community and some way to connect each other and also to support each other and talk about these things is it's just to me. Um, you spending some time with us means a lot. Means the absolute world to oh. us. It really does. Um, privileged to call you my friend. Um, happier that you guys have have come on the show with us, um, and leads us to to the ultimate question for us. Um, and and in your case, I'm very curious to hear the answer from from all of you. Uh, shoulder to shoulders, the name of the show. It's uh, the tagline for the team. It's an ideology that all of us hold very firmly, but how is it defined for you personally? What does shoulder to shoulder mean to you? Like I said earlier, it's shoulder to shoulder, just like a family. We're all there. When we're there inside the stadium on the north end, we're, uh, we're one. We become one. Same goal, same uh, passion, same friendship. We're there with, uh, I mean, everybody wants to be there. Everybody wants to be part of the, the same thing. And just the fact that that we, uh, whether we know each other personally or just by sight, we greet each other with, with kindness, with love. We uh, we try to be together, make it something special and have a, a nice family experience each game. That That's how I see it. And then once they saw me come here and the, the, the welcome that they gave me, it made it even more special to be part of that 3252 and be there next to them shoulder by shoulder. Um, well, like earlier, like I said, it was, uh, it was my, my first time ever being at the stadium. And... Um, I'm really glad that my first time, you know, attending one of these games was in the supporter section because um, in terms of, like, going to an event and being surrounded by a group of people, I, I'd never felt uh, so accepted so quickly. Like, people that I didn't know, when we were walking back up after we had our moment of the field, like, people were, like, shaking our hands and stopping us, too, and, like, hugging us. And and that was really cool to see, like, you know, that total strangers were were, were so happy for us. And so... Later on, in, like once the game started, I, I didn't know too many of the chants. I, had, I you know, heard some of them because my brother would practice and play videos. And I caught on to them really quickly. And um, it, it was a really nice feeling to, to, be, to be a part of that, to be a part of something that was bigger than me. Because um, I could tell that everyone there was just there to have a good time. I didn't get any, any bad vibes. I, I, I never got any bad looks from everybody. Everyone was very friendly and uh, very welcome to me. That, that was the first time uh, that I had ever met Commander. And my, yes. my mama introduced us. And he was, and he was like, oh, he's he's kind of quiet. And then he looked at me. And he was like, that's not really acceptable around here. So I'm gonna be watching you. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I was um, I, I was you know, I was like, I, I was singing as loud as I could. I had my hands in the air. It was it was it was great. It was it was a really nice experience. And uh, I can definitely see myself going back. Honored to have you. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I I agree with my dad to this. Shoulder to shoulder to me means everyone together, united as one. Everyone's there to have a good time, and to support the team. Like my brother said, there's no bad vibes or any bad energy going around. Everyone just it goes there to get away from everything else. And we're just there to have a good time to support LAFC. Right. Um, well, shoulder to shoulder for me is just uh, 
being there, um, being accepted by everybody, being in the family, um, just getting away and just um, having just a few moments with with the family right there with everybody. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's easy to get choked up about it. I, I do all the time. So um, our next match is going to be this weekend. So May 11th, we have an away game versus Columbus Crew. It's going to be at 4.30. Uh, where are you guys going to be watching? Most likely we're going to go with the uh, the watch party over with the District 9 Ultras. Downtown LA. Yeah. So if there are fans out there that would like to come and thank you for your service, uh, thank you. You guys, the family, for supporting. You're going to be where again? Wang Tavern. Wang's Tavern. So we're going to be Wang's Tavern downtown. Um, if you guys would like to come kick it with D9, you um, support the LAFC family, support the Saavedra family in all that they have had in this very emotional and amazing <clears throat> week. Um, I'm just astounded that you have two weeks back and you have dedicated three days to LAFC you know, two days to matches and one to this show. Um, yeah. That's that's really a pretty amazing thing. So, honestly, uh, the sincerest of thank yous from us. I know <clears throat> Chris, if he was here, you know, being a former, uh, you know, um, a, a veteran himself, this would mean a lot to him to yeah, be here. Yeah, definitely. And he's really bummed that he couldn't make it. But, obviously, um, you know, our thoughts are with him as well, too, right yeah. now. Yeah, and you know, before before we go, we want to make sure for our listeners to follow us on social media. So at LAFCS2S on Instagram and Twitter, and Facebook.com/LAFCS2S. Um, is there any social media handles that you guys want to uh, promote? D9U, follow D9U, uh, LAOs, who I'm a part of, and um, District Nine Ultras. District Nine Ultras. <laughs> yeah, find out about that watch party. Come out yeah. and, uh, you know, shake Renee's hand yourself. Uh, and, and maybe that man of the match scarf will make an appearance at the watch party and we can all gawk at it and, and touch it and fondle it and look at it and love it. Take pictures with it, too. <laughs> um, I will be there, uh, hopefully, um, if I can sneak out of work on time, I will be there as well to, to celebrate with you. Um, so when do you head back? When will you be back? What does uh, the next stage in deployment look like for your family? Well, I'm uh, leaving uh, late uh, next week. I have to go back to Africa for another six months. And everything goes according to plan. I should be back around the Thanksgiving time frame. Oh, what a perfect thing to be thankful for, just like we are thankful for you and coming on the show and sharing your story with us. We know this has been a very emotional week for you. We know that this is a very difficult life that you lead and we could not be more appreciative of everything that you do for um you know for our soldiers for africa for this country for all of that thank you thank you thank you and with that we would like to thank everyone else out there for listening without further ado Take us home, stay. Shoulder to shoulder. Together, this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay flying that FC door song. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. Cape us old mommy, about to drop her fifth. They won't need to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that. Bitch.